0: So at that point um, I was, I tell people a totally different Mia that stands before you right now. That 20 year old Mia was definitely partying. I was hanging out all night. I did have a job, I bartended and waited tables but I was also selling drugs all the time on the side. I was just living the fast video life is what I tell people, the fast life that people see on the music videos. Um, And then what happened was right around 29, Everybody in my circle started going to jail..
1: You are listening to Wellness All Seasons with Mina Podcast. I'm your host Mina Kandar, and today I'm very excited to talk to my guest because uh, she will share with you uh, something that uh, uh, interests me a lot. So my guest is Maya Boldon. She is coach speaker, entrepreneur, and retreat leader. Welcome, and thank you so much for being uh, on wellness on uh, seasons with me
0: today. Yes, Mina, thank you so much for having me here today. I'm super excited to talk with you and your audience, um, so I'm really excited about this. Thank you so much.
1: Yes, you are welcome, and uh, your story uh, was... Uh, very interesting because it can uh, help uh, m- women to understand that uh, no matter what our past can be we can live the life we deserve even if we have uh, uh, experienced uh, tough times in our lives so uh, if you would like to share your story and uh, to mention that what you are living now every woman can do it if they have what you will share with them
0: (laughs) absolutely absolutely I do have a story I'll try to shortcut it as much as I possibly can because I tell people it's definitely a long one um but I do tell people so I grew up let's just start where I grew up I grew up kind of a middle-class family very cultured family um my mother's hawaiian chinese my biological father's black my stepdad my stepdad is filipino he's been my dad since i was five so i definitely come from a very cultured family but i was the only one i'm the oldest sibling and i was the only one that was outside of the marriage outside of my stepdad again he's been my dad since i was five so he was my dad but he's the only i was the only one out of my siblings that was not biologically his child and so within that my sisters um everything was normal without my childhood I say until my sisters came and my sisters um long story short I that's when I started having body image issues because my skin was darker than theirs my hair was kinkier than theirs because they're Hawaiian, Chinese, and Filipino, and I'm Hawaiian, Chinese, and Black, and we, you know, we looked different. So I always tell people that's kind of where I started off with body image and confidence, um, issues that I started feeling like comparing myself to somebody else, and it'll come around here in the story in just a little bit. But so I always kind of struggled with that kind of growing up, comparing myself to them, thinking I was kind of the outside child. And within doing that, I started making bad decisions for myself. I started kind of rebelling. I was hanging out with the wrong crowd. I started running away from home. I started um, partying all night. And this was in my teenage years. I wasn't bad, bad, but I was doing things that we shouldn't be doing as a teenager. Just trying to find my identity, who I was. But I started hanging out with the wrong people at that time. So fast forward to my 20s, because teenage led right into my 20s. And in my 20s, I really led a fast life. So at that point, um, I was, I tell people a totally different Mia that stands before you right now. That 20-year-old Mia was definitely partying. I was hanging out all night. I did have a job. I bartended and waited tables, but I was also selling drugs all the time on the side. I was just living the fast Video life is what I tell people, the fast life that people see on the music videos. Um, And then what happened was right around 29, everybody in my circle started going to jail. That was kind of like my reality. It was like everybody was going to jail. Everybody was still having the same conversations. Everybody was still crying broke or just complaining about the same things. And I, within my 20s, even though I was living this fast life, I felt this pull inside of me that was saying I should be doing something else, but I just never knew what that something else was to be. So here I am, 30 years old. I had to make the phone call a lot of kids don't like to make, and I had to ask my mother permission to move back home. Um, So I moved back home at 30 years old no money in my pocket. And when I say no money in my pocket, I remember calling my little sister to borrow gas money so I could make it all the way back to Florida because I was in North Carolina at that time. Um, So I moved back home at 30 years old, no money in my pocket, just got out of a really bad breakup. I didn't know what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. I hit my heaviest weight of 300 pounds. My self-esteem was gone. My self-confidence was gone. And I kind of had to start back over. Mm -hmm. a lot of things to manage it it was absolutely it was and so I tell people what happened at that point was I started doing what I always did was bartending waiting tables and again that call inside of me just gets louder and this is where I work with a lot of women that I coach now I help them find their passion and their purpose and one day I just woke up and it was like a light bulb went off and it was like what the fudge am I here for like, I knew that there was something more in my life than me just um, hanging out all night. I knew that there was something more for me to do than it was just about struggling all the time. Like, that's what I knew in my life. It was struggle, it was hustle, it was... go to work, you pay the bills, you're broke again, you go back to work. Like It was like this cycle. And I just knew it was something inside of me that I knew that there was something more. Mm -hmm. And I always one of the things, and at that point, I started doing what everybody else usually does when they want to lose weight is I started going to the gym. But going to the gym, I didn't feel good because like most women, we feel like everybody's looking at us. Again, my confidence was gone at that time. Mm -hmm. And so believe it or not, within the healing of that, I opened up a fitness studio um, because I was looking to build my confidence up and to feel good about myself. So I wanted, I heard of studios that did like burlesque cardio, hip hop cardio, things like that. And so with a lady that I knew who was a Zumba instructor, we started hosting hip, um, hip hop cardio classes and burlesque cardio classes. And she would teach them and I would just promote them. And within that, that helped me get my, I started losing weight. I started getting my confidence back because I was helping other people. And within that, so many ladies started telling me how they just felt so good about themselves. They, you know, it's been so long since they've been able to work on themselves and things like that. And I started giving them just techniques that I started using with a coach and mentor I had at that time. And so within that, the longest story short, I opened up a fitness studio Um, within the fitness studio because of the classes I had, I realized ladies were... And I got my yoga certification at that point. We started doing yoga, hip-hop cardio, burlesque cardio. We did vertical pole fitness. This is a long story short. And within all of that, ladies started really opening up because I had small classes. And they started saying things like, I've been married 30 years, and I, my husband doesn't look at me the same anymore. I was sexually abused as a child, and I wasn't able to tap into the feminine side of myself. Um, how did you build you know, your confidence?
1: There are a you lot know? of uh, stories like this. Uh, unfortunately, many women suffer from the same problem.
0: Mm-hmm, hmm absolutely. And sometimes, a lot of times we don't know that because we look at them on the outside and we just think that everything's perfect in their world and everything is good, but a lot of times it's not. And so um, within that, I had a colleague of mine at that point who said, have you ever thought about coaching? And I was like, no. And so she said, you should really look into coaching because I see that you love working with these women. At this point, I had started doing a lot. And I know I'm kind of fast forwarding because it's a lot, but I started volunteering. I started, you know, people started knowing me in the community and they just knew me as this motivational person who owned this studio, who really empowered these women. And um, a lady said, you should really think about life coaching. And so I went and got certified through ICF, which is the International Coaching Federation, to become a body image and confidence coach, because that is what I knew at the time. And so I started coaching and was very blessed at that time to become but, a motivational speaker. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: It's interesting. Uh, what will be interesting is what helped you to cause uh you experienced uh, a period in which you were uh, feeling uh, uh, not good in your body, in your uh, everything. And the wake up call was uh, that uh, you noticed people start to go to jail and you are afraid to, to Mm -hmm. uh, to have the same result. And you started to help yourself to get over this uh, situation and how were you feeling this this transitioning because i i think that it was not easy for you to uh, step from the first experience to Mm -hmm. changing your life and um, how did you feel secure or Afraid or you can share your feeling at this moment.
0: All of the above. I was scared, I was afraid, I was excited about because I felt like something new was happening. Um, I was uncomfortable. Because when you're doing something new, you know, I always tell people now, my thing is, as we know, the growth happens outside of the comfort zone. I was treading on waters I had never really done before. i had never really, up until that point, worked on self-care and worked on Mia. Up to that point, it was all about paying bills, partying all night, hanging out with my friends, worrying about a significant other that wasn't worried about me. So it was about everybody else all of my life. And so it was absolutely a new adjustment to to step into Mia and to look and to see what does Mia want? Where where do you want to go? You know, and are you smart? And, and then those limiting beliefs, I tell people yeah. what one thing I work on a lot is the BS, which is the belief systems. My limiting belief was I wasn't smart enough. I didn't have the college education as my family. I was, you know, of a different race that didn't, you know, succeed too. Much. you had to work harder, hustle. I had all these limiting beliefs against me that I had to start peeling away and to start letting go. And
1: how, how you did to let go from all these uh belief system, all these ideas. Did you seek for help uh, for someone to help you to overcome this or you did it by yourself?
0: In the beginning, I did it by myself. So in the beginning, because I started going to the gym by myself. I started the studio by myself. So I started do, I did start doing those things by myself. But I tell people when you start getting into your flow, one of my favorite quotes is from Bruce Lee, the master will appear when the student is ready things just start opening up to me. I started working on myself. I went to my first yoga class. I fell in love with yoga. I had my spiritual awakening. I became a yoga instructor. I opened up a studio. I started working with those ladies and then somebody talked about coaching and that opened it up with me. Um but within like even before I started working with anybody, I did do it by myself but video i started watching videos so mm-hmm. i'm a very big out of nowhere i saw the secret which you know was was a big eye opening for me because from my background my whole life was you hustle you work hard you pay bills and i always felt like something like i was missing something i tell people this because i would see people that were succeeding. And I'm like, I know I'm working harder than them or whatever the case may be. And I saw the secret and it just clicked. And so that's when I started learning about the law of attraction, visualization, manifestation. And so I started looking at Jim Rohn, Zig Ziglar, Les Brown. You know, I started with Florence Chevelle Cheyenne, Napoleon Hill, Walter Wallace. So I started reading the books, watching the videos, doing those things. And that's when it just, because I had never heard of them, but I think, I'm big on. I tell people I'm not here to preach to you, but my man upstairs, God, was saw that I was ready, and so things started presenting themselves to me. Mm-hmm. And so when the lady, so I did everything Go ahead.
1: Sorry, I interrupt you, but it was interesting uh, to interrupt you because you were talking about all these things, and you said uh, spiritual uh, awakening. Is it mm-hmm. when you? Uh, l- You created your uh, studio of yoga. Uh, Yoga is related. uh, There is a connection between uh, spiritual awakening for you and yoga, or there is another thing?
0: It is. And the reason that I, I called it my spiritual awakening, so I call it my spiritual awakening because my very first yoga class that I took, and it was just me going as a student, Mm-hmm. I it was so funny. I I never thought that I would be because of the background I had. Again, I was hanging out in the streets. I was a partier. Like, I never thought that I would go to a yoga, but something inside of me. And that's what I tell people. Our answers, and this is a whole nother conversation, but the direction of where we should go is really inside of us. We have this guidance system, our intuition that we know that we should be following, but sometimes we don't. And something was pulling me to take that class. So I signed up for a yoga class. I signed up for a hot yoga class as my very first class. And I have no idea why I did that because I was in there like, what am I doing? But when we were in Shavasana, I remember this like yesterday, I just started crying. And I had no, I I mean, just like bawling crying. I had no idea why I was crying, like I didn't know. But afterwards, and of course, then I started, you know, taking yoga, studying, you know, studying the mind, meditation, things like that. I realized that that was my awakening happening. I was releasing those things energetically that were no longer serving me. I was starting to open into the Mia that is here before. So that's what I mean when I say spiritual awakening.
1: Great. Thank you for (laughs) saying.
0: (laughs) Yes, 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 absolutely. And so, yes. So within that, and again, you know, and then I tell people the greatest thing when i went to go and get so i was working on myself with the mentors and watching videos and reading the books and implementing the things that they were saying and then uh, the colleague she said uh, you should look into coaching and i always tell people the best thing that i got out of doing the coaching certification was we actually had to get coached ourselves mm-hmm. so that was i i enjoyed the process cuz i didn't know what coaching was about and that was another level of also healing myself So I could show up better. And I started realizing the value of people believing in you and people showing you a different way and people holding space for you of what you can do until you can do it. And I still put those things into practice now, you know, I people, all of that, because that's why it's called a yoga practice a meditation practice. These are things that you, I continuously do these things and but again, my my mission in, in everything that I do, coaching, speaking on stage, having my one-on-one coaching clients, leading my retreats, everything that I talk about is holding that space to let these ladies reprogram their BS, the belief system, because that's what I had to do. And to hold the space for them to believe in them until they believe in themselves, because I mm-hmm. tell people that's what I needed. I needed somebody to do that for me. And so I literally take things from, my life experience from my studio from healing myself and that's what I lead today with my empowerment coaching.
1: Yeah this means that there is not only one thing that helped you to heal Uh, there was uh, yoga there was uh, uh, coaching there was many things uh, and not only one thing for you.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely and I tell people the main thing to where to start is I tell people the mindset you have to start working on the mindset and that was the biggest thing in the in the beginning is making the decision that I am going to do this mm-hmm. whatever this looks like I am going to do it and I am willing to and I tell people this what worked for me is I remember saying I was like I'm going to get childlike I'm going to find the mentor that works for me and I'm going to do what they say as if I'm a child yes. and that's
1: <laughs> and and this uh, yeah this lead, leads me to ask you a question because uh, i agree with you that uh, it starts with the mindset mindset mm-hmm. and the the person have to decide what you want but what do you think about addicted people who consume uh, products drugs or something and they don't have this power to take decision and to do something because they are influenced by the product and they are not really free um, capable to take decision and to follow through so even if the person struggle suffer mm-hmm. but uh, physically mentally it, uh, the person is not um, can't take decision
0: Mm -hmm. Mm
1: mm-hmm so my how can you help someone uh, coach someone who is really addicted for example
0: right well I would definitely tell somebody that if If they were truly addicted, of course, my thing, they would have to go get somebody who believes in them. And that might look different for somebody who's on addiction. That might be an in-treatment facility. That might be working with a counselor, a therapist. That might be going to, one of the biggest things I tell people that truly helped me, and I know it wasn't a drug addiction, but it was a partying addiction. It was hanging out, it was doing those so it was still an addiction to me. Was to to literally, I had to move my environment. So that's what I tell people, especially if you have you have to get away from the people, the triggers that will remind you to do the same things that will you know, and get away from different conversations or whatever the case may be. That would make you for me. It was it to make me easier to take the next drink or to go back out to party. For them, it might be to take the drug or to mm-hmm. take the pill the case may be. So my very first start step would be is to definitely remove yourself from the environment. If you truly feel like you cannot do it by yourself, again, what helped me is I had to get somebody that believed in me until I believed in myself, because I didn't. I didn't believe I could, you know, do what I do now, you know, speak on stage and travel the world and make the money. I made. I never thought that I would be able to do what it is that I currently do right now, but I needed somebody to hold the space for me and to show me how to do that. And so again, that might be, look. it might look a little, a support group maybe for somebody that's on addiction. Maybe they don't, they don't need an in-treatment facility, maybe just to have a really good support group. Mm. I'm big on that my retreats with the sister circle. So, you know, I, I see the value in support. So that's where I would definitely say to start with that. Always great to get a mentor. So I always tell you know not only looking for the coaches, the therapists, the counselors, but uh, reco- somebody that's a recovering addict, maybe somebody that can walk the walk. That can say I can. That's what's great about coaches. A lot of people like coaches because a lot of co- we we actually have been through that. So I get where you're coming from, you know, and I can relate to your struggle. So the, I would definitely say you know advise to do that as well to find somebody you know somebody a support system, accountability buddy
1: amazing so what mm-hmm. is your last uh, word or advice for my listeners who are struggling now and uh, they think that it's not possible for them they can't change and they are suffering from their situation maybe uh, addicted to drugs or addicted to other problems, so sometimes internet, mm-hmm. uh, social media. There are a lot of kind
0: of addictions. So, mm-hmm. what is your uh, advice? Well, the first thing I would definitely say is anything is possible. So, start saying that to yourself. It's possible. That's one of the affirmations I used to say in the beginning. I might not see how to get there. I don't need to know the outcome. But it's possible. And so that's one of the things. It's possible for me to have a better day today. It's possible for me to get the support that I need. It's possible that I can go back to the life I used to live. It's possible that I can be drug free or social media free or whatever the case may be. So definitely starting there with the words that you're saying to yourself and just know that everything is possible. And I always tell people to if you can't do it by yourself to get out there and to look for the help. You know, don't be afraid to, whether it's reaching out to somebody that you know and trust, or even if it's just to pick up the book, to read the podcast, to listen to the podcast, to do something that don't try, don't try to do that by yourself. Try to do it with some, with somebody else um, the best way that you can. Um, And I always say to all my readers, if they're at a point, and I would say it to your listeners too, if they're at a point where they don't believe in themselves, I always say that I believe in them. And so know that you have to believe in the belief that others have in you sometimes before your own belief kicks in. So just want to leave that there, that even though they don't know me and I haven't physically met them, that I am here to say that I do believe in them. And so just lean in my belief into your belief kicks in.
1: Thank you so much. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing and uh, for being uh, my guest today. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. You're welcome. I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much. And I really do appreciate you having me on your show today.
1: You are welcome. No matter what past you had or your situation now, you can always change your life and live the life you want, but you have to decide. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode, share it, rate it, and review it on Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe to Wellness All Seasons with Mina Podcast so that you don't miss the upcoming episode. I would love to know your feedback about this episode or about uh, the other episodes. I put a poll. You can participate. And uh, if you have a story and you wanted to share it, please book a call with me and we can do it. Thank you so much. Stay tuned. I will see you in the next episode.